Minutia Man is up next. But first, take a listen to this other great Opie show. I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. And on the next Back to You, we're going to have Justin Kolovsik. And he is the guy that runs the uh, exhibit here at the Museum Broadcast Communications in Chicago. Stay tuned. Rock on TV. Yes. What are the things that strike you out there? I love the various suits. You know, Johnny Cash's suit to Don Cornelius's suit. Paul Schaefer's keyboard that he played on the Letterman show. Yes. Artifact after artifact. And that's on the next Back to You. Back to You with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. Back to You, an Opie show. Only on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. I'm Mark Vernon from the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive. Join me on the Island of Radio Misfits holiday special coming this holiday season to opishows.com. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. Oh, oh my God! He's staring at me. What's that all about? I like I didn't, I didn't it's, I don't like it when people stare at me. You don't like eye contact. I really, like, right? I don't, and 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 especially from you because you're not eye contact. No, I no, I look at nobody in the oh. eyes. Oh, <laughs> it I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not going to overcome that. Well, don't you ever have it when somebody that you do that do hold on yeah. eye contact with yeah, you how yeah. uncomfortable it makes there you are there are first of all there are a couple things that make me uncomfortable yeah. i probably shouldn't say this because but, now people are going right. to do it to me but number one i hate close talkers mm-hmm. if you're within like you know three feet of me yeah. take a step back <laughs> right right yeah i don't care who you are yeah, right it, it could be my mother it's not my mother my mother t- knows her boundaries well she's german yes exactly but you know what although I'm germans don't know boundaries very well ask poland and austria <laughs> That's a different kind of boundary <laughs> those are optional uh the other thing i don't like is eye contact eye contact yeah. and the third thing is um uh like hyper focus like when somebody is like if if you're having a conversation and they're like really hanging on every word, I I, I don't like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I I agree. With I, I mean, we're, let's, we're we're casual, right? Yeah, I mean, right. what I'm you know in the middle of while I'm saying something and I'm seeing hyper focused yeah. person, I'm thinking to myself, what this is not nearly interesting enough for hyper focused well, person. I I think in the same vein, I, I need to up my game. I, well, and that's what I think is when I give an opinion about something. Yeah, I don't want somebody to go. Well, what do you mean by that? Just that was my opinion, and that's right. all I got. Don't scratch below the surface. <laughs> right, exactly. In that's fa- all there is. In fact, that opinion could be that I really don't even have, and I just figured that I yeah. have to say something now because it's my turn to say say you, something. You know, I had a political uh, <clears throat> argument with my son Sean the other day. Uh, he he threw some some line out that uh, one of his friends had said to yeah. him, and it d- disagreed with my very strong political beliefs. And he kind of knew it. He's seventeen, so you know. it's a it's a button pusher, right? Without question. And I said to him, you know, I'm not mad that you have this opinion. I'm mad that you said it and you don't have it. And and if I questioned you on it, you, you don't have apart. the slightest <laughs> idea what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. That's what I'm mad right? about. Yeah. yeah. And, and you're 100% right, yeah. too. Where is he? Is he asleep? <laughs> that little bastard. He's at school. Well, you 
you look great. Oh, thank you. I mean, the the London trip. What oh, another the sunshine? The, <laughs> right. The, the good food. Yeah. Uh, actually, you know, I had a great time. Just got back from London the other day. I was there with my other podcast partner, my dear friend. <laughs> I get your mom's basement. He gets London. Um, and my brother came along on the trip. And really, the, honestly, that was the best part of it because I got to spend a whole week with my brother. We never see each other. Yeah. He lives in Detroit. And even when we do see each yeah, other. it's like a christmas and it's boom bang boom in there yeah, yeah there yeah, are yeah. kids around you know it was just fun we went out a couple of times we went to a pub we went to a pub that was built in like 1530 mm-hmm. lord uh or admiral nelson went there you know that's how long it's sure. been around and there were these old british guys holding court and we'd sit at the table and they'd be like let me tell you back in 74 you know this old bloke said to me you know and and they had story after story after tell you what mate you know we're never gonna get anywhere you know and very strong thick accents where you couldn't really understand what they were saying and i loved every second oh i know the when we were in london in august i believe the best three hours was just me in a pub yeah hanging out talking to like you said it well i had julia one of my twins with me yeah and lila was lila was with too but she wasn't at the you know at the counter right and this guy this older british guy comes out and has like a bird whistle and went (laughs) and julia right in front of julia and he would do like magic tricks and stuff yeah and we were just a couple you know it was like thursday afternoon at two o'clock you know it was well i had heard that eric clapton lived or uh, was born near this hotel. Surrey, is that where? Uh, in Ripley, okay. in, in Surrey. But you know, Surrey's the county or whatever. But Ripley was the name of the town. And he and this guy showed me where he lived. And so we you know, went and checked out his house and everything. And, and he, had to, he had a ton of stories. He's like, yeah, Jimmy Page lived right down the street. <laughs> you know, and he yeah. started telling me. I mean, I could have listened to this guy all day. Uh, yeah. Well, he should do a tour. He should. And charge 82 quid. You know, because what he, you know what he does for a living? He's a watchmaker. He's a barrister. <laughs> He's a barrister. Really? Yeah. But not uh, not a, what is a coffee person? A barista. No, not a barista. But see, I yeah. think a lawyer should be a coffee and to be a barrister barista. Oh, very nice. Yeah. yeah. So like I've had a couple of, well, I had one fairly big event while you were gone. Yeah. What's that? Thanksgiving? Oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Now, I'm talking about me. It's This is all yeah. about me. You know, and I've made no, um, uh, you know, I've not hidden, about this. hidden the fact yeah. that I go to the bathroom a lot. Yes. Right? Yeah. And, Anywhere, and, anytime. Right. I go to the bathroom and I do both things yes. regularly. Yes. Yeah. In public places, so, wherever. So, I'm like, you know, this kind, it's kind of annoying. You know, it's not quite convenient at times, you know. Yeah. So, I went on WebMD. Okay, which is what a hypochondriac should always do. Right. Oh my god! So I went on WebMD, and I'm <laughs> that like, should be blocked on your computer. <laughs> uh, and I, I realized you have Ebola. No, I know. I realized that brand or, or that I wasn't getting enough fiber. Okay. All right. I mean, and I guess I should have known that. It's not like you know. Well, I mean, you're going to the bathroom all the time. How much more brand do you need? Well, so but no, it's a, that, that if you don't get enough fiber, you could it could have a reverse effect. Basically. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start eating more bran. Okay. Okay? So I've been eating a bowl of bran cereal every morning. Yeah. Solution. 
Really? I'm not kidding. I, have I left? We've, no, I've been here for haven't. like I've been here for two hours you already. Haven't, uh, dropped a deuce in my house. <laughs> right, right. I'm. I. You know what? I think I could go until five, six o'clock and not have wow. any problem whatsoever. Yeah. Well, there's a there's a free tip for our listeners. I'm out telling there. you, it, you would think that it's counterintuitive, but I've been eating the Kashi brand, like berry squares or something, and it has really agreed with me. In fact, you have it right there. No, this is What's a. That? This is a kind bar. This is a breakfast kind bar. I don't even know you anymore. <laughs> hey, we got to hurry this because I got a triathlon I'm riding. Yeah, okay. All right. Here we go. You ready? This week's Minutia with Rick and Dave. Uh, before we get into the Minutia, don't forget we've got a great celebrity coming up later in the show. Spike Manton. Playwright Spike yes. Manton. Uh, comedian. Yep. Um, radio star. Yeah. Uh, cynical. Dark it, man. <laughs> dark <laughs> man. Right. But I, you know, I consider him a friend, a good, a good guy. Now, here's a story that is actually sad too. Um, this comes out of Atlanta, Atlanta suburb. I don't know what the suburb is. Krispy Kreme truck spill shipment, leaving Georgia cops mourning donut donut <laughs> carnage. A police department in Atlanta suburb asked for thoughts and prayers. Rick, yeah. Tuesday after a 911 call, summoned officers to a scene of total carnage. A wow. spilled load of Krispy Kreme donuts. <laughs> I love this. Just moments ago, your Brookhaven police officers answered the call. Each of us fears most, said the department on Facebook. Dozens of donuts fell from a Krispy Kreme delivery truck <laughs> as it drove along Peachtree Road. BPD rushed to the scene, but to no avail. We found total carnage. Donuts scattered along the curb and into gutters. Gutter people. Wow. This tongue in this tongue in cheek post quickly took off on Facebook, forty five hundred shares. And I think this is nice. Right. I like it too. You, you know, know what? They should um, have a good sense of humor. Right. And uh and then after the post was put on Facebook, the police uh tasered the driver and kicked the shit out of him. <laughs> you know, um you gotta do you gotta give him credit for it though, yeah, right? Absolutely. Uh, and here's a tip for the future. Next time a pig is found wandering along the highway, put on a notice saying that it's not a cop. <laughs> oh, nice. See? That, right. That it, would be very... That would be very. Uh, that's just free. That's just free. All right, I have a story for you. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is in the Philippines. A teacher... Hey, let me check our rankings yeah. in the Philippines. Hold on. Yeah. We're not on. Huh. All right. So this... Are we, is this going to be offensive to the Philippines? Oh, yeah. All right. Good. Okay. All right. A teacher reportedly made grade 10 students watch porn. For their sex ed. This is uh, sexual education, in case you're wondering what sex ed was. In Aju Ayulo in the Philippines. And uh, apparently the teacher was trying to figure out a way to teach sex education um, and thought that, well. Porn, right? I mean, they're, it's, got, it's got it all there. It's right? all there. Uh, the Department of Education is now investigating. Really? Yes. Uh, they emphasize the importance of integrating sexual education lessons in public elementary and high schools to prevent the increasing rate of teenage pregnancy, population growth, sexual diseases in the country, but thought that perhaps... Porn's a little over the top. Perhaps that's not the way to yeah, go. Right. You know, what I think is interesting, Yeah. Uh, I read about this before, and, and I looked at their curriculum. Yeah. There, There's a couple of books that they have asked or that the students have to read in the sex ed class. Oh, really? Yeah. It, it, the Great Grabsby. <laughs> oh, no. Ivanhoe. Uh, Ivanhoe. Yeah, okay. Ivanhoe. And Catch Her From Behind. Very nice. <laughs> Good night, everybody. You know, I imagine uh, this being... Did you ever see the movie of Monty Python, The Meaning of Life? Oh, sure, sure. There's a scene in there where... Um, 
a John Cleese is a teacher and he's got these, you know, the school boys there, you know, yeah, yeah. giggling yeah, at yeah. like school boys. And he goes, it's time for sex ed. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and to teach the kids sex ed, he brings his wife <laughs> into the room yeah. and then actually has sex <laughs> in the front of the room. And the boys, instead of being, you know, like right, yeah. the joke is right. they're, they're still like throwing notes at each other. And, and he's like, hey, now pay attention to what I'm doing here. You know? That's kind of how I picture this porn thing working in the classroom. Right. You put you it know. in class, no one's paying attention to it anyway. That's right? exactly right. I mean, they're still like tapping shoulders, pulling pigtails, and you know. Right. Uh, yeah, putting the pigtail in the uh, inkwell. Yes. Remember when we were kids, yes. we had the inkwell? Yes, in the... that's what we did. Yeah. There are unintended consequences, unfortunately. Oh. Uh, apparently, pizza delivery jobs now are possible <laughs> to get. And for some reason, nobody wants to be a cheerleader or a babysitter yeah, right. anymore. Or a midget. Or uh, or a midget. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, hey, uh, speaking of midgets. Yeah. You know they. You know where they can subscribe to our show? Where? Anywhere. Any, Is that true? Anywhere podcasts. Anywhere someone enjoys their podcast, they can. And they we don't can. care how tall you are. No, not at all. If yeah. you're related to a Billy little Barty. person. Absolutely. We love little people. Uh, you can go on Google, iTunes. I think if you're over 6'6", six, six, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Do yeah. we really want a six seven well, person listening oh, to the no, show? Let me see where we're doing in Nigeria. Da, 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 da. No, we don't have anybody yeah. there. All right. So, so I think yeah. they already have. Uh but yes, yeah, so you go to any of these, uh, subscribe to us. We've got new content every week. Also, we've got this other show now. Yes. Oh my god, right? Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. Yes. It's and that is released every week as well. And, and what the it, first one debuted Thanksgiving week. Dwyer uh, Brown uh, from Field of Dreams, which I listened to it again because yeah. it's been a few weeks. Oh my God, that is a fantastic I know. Interview. We were both bawling at the oh, end. Oh, I was yeah. I was tearing just yeah. listening to it. It's, so I recommend it. It's still out there. Check it out. There will be new interviews every week for that. Uh, you know, and we have more minutia right here. But first we must take a break. We'll be right back with more Minutia Men right after this. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, used car prices continue to accelerate, plus 10 great station wagons, part two. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Luke Hostable for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This week on Minutia Men's Celebrity Interview, we talk with Rico Suave himself, Gerardo. You were far better looking than Rick and I ever were. Uh, do you still have that beautiful mullet? As far as the mullet, there's nothing I can do, my brother. My hair been receding for the last couple of years. It's almost gone. Oh, yeah. now we love you. Yeah, yeah. Minutia Men, Celebrity Interview, an OPI show only on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. All right, we're back. You know, in the old days, yeah. I would have gone to the bathroom during that break. But you didn't need to. <laughs> not with not with my Kashi brand that I'm getting. You're amazing. Hey, this, uh, you know, from time to time, we do feel good stories, right? Yes. We're not always, I mean, we do do the stories about... Right. You know, the guy taunting his camel and getting his head shot. It's yeah, bitten yeah, off, yep, you know. Yep, but yep. I want to do a, a feel good here. Okay. okay. An entrepreneur, I think we should highlight. Okay. okay. And this comes out of Greensboro. Greensboro, Greensboro, North Carolina. Which our guest. Our guest coming up, uh, Spike Manton, is lives from, in North Carolina right. right now. So Greensboro Man creates dating app where he's the only guy allowed. 
<laughs> 31-year-old Aaron Smith can put his finger on exactly what's wrong with the dating apps. The biggest problem with the other apps is that my face is not featured prominently. Okay, so this is a man that has some... Entrepreneur. Yes. Yeah. Hey, he's, a, he's a thinker. To cut yeah. down on competition, he created a new app called Singularity. Only built to open on phones and computers, unfortunately. What's unique about the new app is that he's the only a guy allowed on it. I love this. No matter how many times you swipe... It's a different version of him. That's great. If life gives you lemon, you should make lemonade first, he said. Then make sure no other companies can produce or distribute their own soft drinks. So the only game in town is lemonade. He's even created a commercial. Is this what the thing you yes, sent me? Yes, I sent you that All right. this morning. You got play it? Here we go. Online dating is terrible and getting more nonsensical with each passing year. Sure, you could meet people the old-fashioned way by going outside, but that feels like a lot of work. So instead, you navigate this bleak, dystopian hellscape, sifting through the dregs of humanity through your smartphone, while each day brings you closer to the cold, hard hands of death. There's gotta be a better way! Well, there isn't, but let's pretend. Introducing Singularity. Hi, I'm Aaron Smith, co-founder and CEO of Singularity, a new dating app for women. By utilizing the latest in personality analysis and machine learning technology, Singularity saves you countless hours of swiping by just matching you with me. Swipe right on a profile to like it or hit the green button. Swipe left on a profile or hit the red button to skip it. Don't do that. Swipe up or hit the rubber ducky for super like. What's the duck for? I don't know. And hit the black hole button to emit a blood-curdling scream <laughs> when you realize what life has become. And don't worry if you actually swipe past your future husband's profile, they're pretty much all the same doesn't help anyone. You're welcome. So what are you waiting for? Go find the Aaron Smith of your dreams. Visit SingularityDating.com from your mobile phone. Not bad. Not bad. Not, Not bad. bad. Uh, now, I don't know how many... No, but seriously, this exists. Yeah, it, you can, yeah. it seriously does. And if you're in the north, or if you're in the uh, Greensboro area... Uh, if you if you want to date Aaron Smith, right. that's, I would uh, Google. I would look at a picture of him first, yeah. so you don't yeah, pay for the app or you know, whatever. He, he's fine. I I do him. Yeah. All right, so it's time for uh, another feature here. We like to uh, call celebrity potpourri. A random name pulled out of Rurik's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. So this is the part of the show where Dave reaches his hand into the jar, pulls out a name of a celebrity, and, and teases it so that I have to tell that story next week. Uh, well, I will do that after you tell the story that we did. But you way. did it last show. And okay. what name did you pull out? Lou Christie. Lou Christie. Right. You had that panic look in your face. Yeah. Like, right. you, did, like <laughs> you didn't remember who it was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I actually had to look it up yeah. by listening to the podcast before we got on I, today. I to just remember looked, while you were talking, I was looking at the... So that'll give you an uh, indication of how much I show prepared prep. <laughs> show on, prep. on this. Um, so Lou Christie was a, a pop star in the 60s and 70s. He had a couple of hits. Um, his biggest hit was called Lightning Strikes Again. And we used to play that song all the time on, on the oldies on the oldies station when I was with John Landecker show. Well, one year we also did concerts. We first we did concerts every year where all these oldies artists came in and performed for our our fans. Donovan, and yes, 
I mean, every yeah. every oldie artist that is still alive basically played over my ten years there, including Lou Christie, and he. We were playing at uh, Navy Pier, and I was part of Landecker's uh, show, and we were opening for Lou Christie, and I, so I met him backstage uh, at this concert, and uh, you know they we're taking pictures of all of us, and Lou Christie, if you haven't heard him, has a uh, one of those falsetto voices like uh, Frankie Valley, and it's like way up there. But in real life, he has a normal voice. It sounds like you. Right. He looked a little bit like me, too. In fact, that was a joke that Landick used to say that I was like a dead ringer for Lou Christie. So I thought, you know, to carry on the joke, let's take a picture with him. Took a picture with him, and he put his arm around me. And as the picture was being taken, he his arm reached down, and he grabbed my ass, like really? full-fledged with his hand, really? full cheek. Never happened uh, to me before. Really? Really? Yes. And just to make a funny picture. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So Let's that was say yes. So if you had your dating app, Singularity. Uh, I'm swiping <laughs> uh, whichever way you swipe. <laughs> With Lou Christie. Yeah. So that was my... That's, that's that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good... It's is, never happened to me is before. Is Lou Christie still alive? Yeah, I think so. Let, do you have his number still? I, I never had his number. Oh, hey, man, don't, yeah. don't take it personally. Hey, I just hey, asked. There was nothing going on, man. Uh, <laughs> but no, I think that that would be great to get him on, and then we can tell the story. Yeah, sure. Uh, um, stop, right. stop eating your uh, little brand, whatever. No, that was the... Well, that noise, you can't see me because yeah. I'm over there but yes. that was not that was you reaching in the yes, jar to exactly. get another okay right. um fergie fergie like not Sarah the, ferguson no 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 fergie jenkins because i have a story about her too well she's probably she's in the, in the jar yeah, fergie jenkins is fergie fergie. jenkins okay yeah. hey fergie the, jenkins is in every cub ever which is available now for christmas yes the new version 2020 all you got to do is every cub ever to go to fergie jenkins liked that on Twitter, I posted a thing saying the new version was out. Fergie liked it. Wow. wow. Fergie is now like a dear friend of mine. Does Fergie have a credit card that he could maybe buy uh, a book? Well, Cause I think he... maybe Fergie gets a free one. Uh, well, then you're going to have to send it to him. Because... You know, here's the thing about him. Yeah. Uh, of all the Cubs, and I don't want to tell the story now because right. Um, whenever I hear uh, us do the segment Jenkins, which makes fun uh, of Jenkins, I think, well... Fergie's a Hall of well, Famer. Was a good. He's was a the good, one Jenkins that, that is not work. a Jenkins. Yeah. But now let's not let's not besmirch the guests that we have on this week. Oh, Spike. Yes. You mean the guy who's the little the, light is going? The right little now? light. Yes. Yeah. Right, let's get let's him on him right now. There's Spike. Time now for the Celebrity Minutia Minute. Hey, you got a minute? Celebrity Minutia Minute with Rick and Dave. All right. This is uh, this is big time for us. <laughs> We've got Spike Manton on the phone. Spike Manton, in case you don't realize, is a stand-up comic. He's a playwright, former radio host, co-host, sidekick in Chicago stations like WCKG, The Loop, ESPN, and now... He has moved to a brand new part of the country, doing a brand new gig, kind of out of character for him. Tell us what you're doing right now, Spike, because I think people would be surprised. Well, a, a strange series of circumstances brought my wife to take this opportunity down in North Carolina and move down here to be near some friends and family. And I, so I came with her and said, yeah, why not? And now that I'm here, I'm, I've actually 
taken a job with the theater she worked came down here to work for so my wife and i okay let me paint <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're with you we buddy because we, we would have to take a, a deep breath too to talk about working we lived there. In, a, in a modest but roomy home in evanston where she left to go do her thing each day and then i went and did my thing each day yes now we are living in hendersonville north carolina in a one-bedroom apartment 50 feet away from the office where we work together a half mile down the road from the theater Oof. where we work for Oof. wow Oof. wow yeah. that's a lot of togetherness yeah. How, how's that going for you the things working out okay Things are going great for me. Now, Tammy's miserable. <laughs> but I'm good. I'm good. So what, tell us about the theater. What's the name of the theater? What's, uh, what, are you, what are you doing? It, what, is, it is the Center for Art and Entertainment. Hendersonville, North Carolina is approximately 20 minutes south of Asheville. Oh, I heard Asheville is a very cool town. It is a really terrific area. I didn't know anything about Western North Carolina. My brothers lived in Raleigh forever and uh, I don't like that at all. Yeah. It's real, you know, it's just that beastly hot mm-hmm. right. summer that I just can't deal with. It's just awful. But I still long to get out of the Chicago winter. Mm-hmm. So yes. turns out this is like the dream climate for anyone from Chicago. The summers are ballpark 90, 95, just, you know, like us, except even less humidity than Chicago. And then you come to the winter and, yeah, 30 degrees, some frost. Yeah, You might have a 20-degree day, but usually by noon, like today, it's 49 and sunny. Well, isn't it uh, in the mountains there? We're about 2,000 feet up, 2,500, depending on what road you're driving on, but... It's 15 to 20 degrees cooler typically than the rest of the state. So Chicagoans who come here are just going to have a winter that is essentially a really long fall. Okay. Oh, should be perfect. And it sounds like you got plenty of room uh, yeah, if, yeah. if they want to stay with you guys. <laughs> come on down. We have we have at least we got a couple chairs. <laughs> a couch. It's it's just really bizarre, you know. Um and it's not I thought it might be way worse than it is. We're we're laughingly getting along through it all. You know what I mean? We make fun of the situation a lot. Because you've been down there for how long now? Yeah, three three weeks. No, it's it's like two and a half months now. No, okay. Two and a half months. Right, we're going to be checking with yeah, you. Yeah, we'll be in back in March. Six yeah, months in, uh, in March and see how you know. Bridget going. and I uh, worked together on Eckhart's Press when we first yeah. started because you know we needed someone to help us with editing and stuff and. And that lasted about how many books, Dave? Three, four books? Yeah. Uh, and then we decided, you know what? It's the, time to <laughs> no longer work together. But I, yeah, it's it's different. It's really different. And um, I'm not used to having her care about what I do. Yeah, right. exactly. Right. right, right exactly. Right. Right, that you was know, your as, domain. As, as men of as men of the twentieth century, yeah, we we, we yes. are interested in our our wives' day. How was your day? Yeah, I know right. the people you work with. I know what's going on with you. Yes, but but you know, Tammy does. You know, she barely listened to any radio show I was ever on. Right. You know, it's just and 
like right now, when's the last time either of your wives listened to one of these podcasts? My, uh, yes, exactly. My wife, I think, is about seven months yeah, behind. Way uh, behind. Way see, behind. See, I think, I think it would be funny. What you guys should be doing is dropping into the podcast secret, not secret, I mean, just messages Open. to yeah. your wives just and see how long it takes for them to get it. Just keep, just keep broadcasting the same message to them. Yeah. Okay. And see how long it takes for them to, to get it and say, hey, I would like that diamond ring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would like you to make dinner 12 dates in a row. You know, this is not your first, um, you know, entrance into theater. You are perhaps one of the great American playwrights. He, uh, absolutely. Uh, He's he, like um, uh, Neil he, Simon. He, yeah, you wrote, hey, you wrote. I'm, I'm easily a top 10 playwright out of Evanston. Yeah, out of Evanston. 2001. Uh, I feel good about that. Well, you talk about leaving Iowa. You wrote so, leaving Iowa, and and that play is on all over. I mean, I see it's a it, great play. It's I see I mean, it all I'm, over the place. All joking aside, you know I don't like to praise you, Spike, but that is no one, a no one does. That is a tremendously well written play. Yeah, it's it, and guess what? I I'm going to agree with you. Yeah, and because, <laughs> because no one hates more of what they do than I do. Yeah, uh, this is like the only thing that has has achieved some level of of approval from myself. Uh, I wrote Leaving Iowa with my uh, college buddy Tim Clue, also a comedian writer. Uh, we met at university in 1982. Yeah. Wow, the same year Dan and, and I met a, each other. He's an actor who ended up going into comedy. And he's directs as well. I am the uh, Procter and Gamble sales manager who went into comedy, <laughs> and so we we have that other brain working. You know, he's the actor creative. I'm the I'm the producer, not the director. You're the business and, guy. Yeah, it's, so it's it's an interesting mix, but the collaboration works. We're we're infinitely better when we do something together then either of us are capable of producing on our own is what we end up realizing well you know we don't we don't like each other we're just stuck with each other. <laughs> no oh, yeah of course well, dave and i are the same way do you well, know what that's like dave do you have any <laughs> idea what that's like dave oh boy do i ever <laughs> you know so you are not particularly an optimistic sort right i mean you are you're I don't a, know why you'd say that. Why would you say that? <laughs> yeah. you're, you're, what is less? You're not even half full. In fact, we're not even sure that you're putting any liquid in your glass. Yeah, at all. your, your well, cup is not half full. It's empty. It's a negative it's full. Empty, I, yeah, I tend to see glass shards. <laughs> yes, <that's true. laughs> so how did how did you end up writing this this play about the fam family and love and inspiration? I mean, what? Kind it, of, it's heartwarming. Yeah, right. How did the how in the hell did you pull this? I mean, off? I, I don't think of Spike and heartwarming together. No, when I saw the play, I thought Spike wrote this. No, it'd be leaving Iowa and get into a car crash. It would be yeah. about a three minute play. There's no death. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Uh, so, yeah, so how the hell uh, did you do this? Leaving Iowa by Kamala Harris. <laughs> <laughs> no, nice. the. It, we're both from small towns. Tim's from Rochelle, Illinois, mm-hmm. out uh, by DeKalb. And I'm from a town that's so small. We went to places like Rochelle for groceries. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm from way upstate New York by the Canadian border. So we both had that um, that similar upbringing where it's, it's small town sensibilities. You know, it's kind of family oriented. And we had those... Uh, very similar dads, those dads from that generation of, eh, I'm not 
I raised you and I'm going to be around you a lot, but I'm not really going to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, right. 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 I may talk at you. I may talk about you, but not when you're around. Yeah. Absolutely. And so that it's that classic, you know, uh, baby boomer dad post, you know, greatest generation dad. Yeah. And, and so we had that urge to just kind of write a story that reflected that father, son. It's almost unfair to call it a struggle. It's just what the relationship was. Yeah. And I think you two probably had a similar. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, that's why it's so relatable. I mean. Uh, I loved it. I really did. It, it was, uh, it's, it's very, it, no, that's enough. Uh, no, no more praise. No yeah, more praise. Right, right, that's enough right. praise for you. Well, yeah. it, it is kind of, it, it can be a tearjerker for some people. Yeah. And that was, uh, it was always, um, really, you know, very appreciated when somebody would be moved by the play, but also could feel really awkward. Like there was this one time when a, a gentleman walked out and he walked over to Tim, he goes, I just want to tell you that that (laughs) (laughs) and he just broke down Uh, God I would never do that to you (laughs) I just love that story so much because I wasn't there yeah of course well and it's and it's runs all the time it's all over the place it's a a clean show well well, let me tell you something I've always thought it was a squeaky clean Walton Mountain kind of show. Okay. Yeah. Like Good annoyingly night, clean. Like like Clue was constantly scrubbing my language out of it. Gotcha. As I would attempt to make something more interesting or colorful. So it's a very family friendly play. Um and it we were fortunate to get it published and it is the it's part part of the reason it is being performed so much is because it's a clean. Yeah. It's a fairly simple set if you choose, so it's not expensive to put on. And the cast is, okay, you ready for a crazy thing? The cast size is 6 to 23. (laughs) Right. Because when we wrote the play, we have a woman and a man who play multiple characters. So in in our productions, it would be six people. And there was a man and a woman who each played a combination of like 15, 17 characters, whatever. I can't even remember off the top of my head. Right. All the extra so, characters. So when you have a community theater or a high school production, you now have a chance to cast a different person for each one of those roles. Yeah, and so so can the flexible nature of being able to cast a lot of people in a f- clean play just makes it a very easy to select play for a lot of theaters and high schools and and that's what we've become we're a we're a very popular high school and community theater play which is a little frustrating because we think it's it's a it's a little more elevated story not to uh dismiss that level of theater but it's sort of uh, been a little pigeonholed and hasn't had a great foothold in larger scale theaters choosing to do it so this is the ha- this is your this is your half full right this now this is the real spike <laughs> he's managed to find a dark cloud <laughs> right. over a very I just successful say, I'm, I'm really fucking sick of the nickel and dime <laughs> <laughs> now uh spike it's been successful there's there's 50 to 100 productions a year that's great and that's good. and we're you know i don't like to brag but we're we're almost to four digits 
Wow. Oh, per year yeah. that you're making or what? Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. like to brag. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. Now, I, I met uh, Spike when uh, he was hosting the Loop Morning Show with Dobie and, and Max. And Dobie, another half full guy. Well, so here's the thing. right? We talk about uh, Spike being a little dark, but on that show, he was the, he was the brightest <laughs> you of were the, the three. I mean, we had, there were some dark moments on that show. Um, it and, was – if, if – a suicide prevention hotline <laughs> worker had walked into our room he would have said i need some more help it was uh it, send it, reinforcements you know he spike was the one that recruited me to come in and help produce this show and it was dysfunctional is a nice way of saying it but it by the time we got fired it was a top 10 show and and it, to illustrate to you how spike is is the most uh, sane of the bunch um, Spike, why don't you tell everyone what Dobie did after you guys got fired? Um, okay, couple things. <laughs> First off, I met Rick in the way that a lot of people met Rick. In the late 80s, I graduated from Bradley University and became a Procter & Gamble sales manager, a job I took because I was a, a fairly wise 21-year-old, and I said, hey, this is the job with a high base, low commission, a company car. I can really sock away the money and work on my stand-up. Right. Comedy. You could completely fuck off for at least a year before anybody notices. Right? <laughs> so turned out to be two and a half with a promotion. So I was working on that and in the car and became a fan of Stephen Gary and felt like I knew this Rick Kempfer character from the horror and terror that he <laughs> endured because uh, he is coming back right now spike <laughs> it's unbelievable so fast forward you know nine years later um another longtime friend of mine harry tynowitz is offered a chance to do this saturday night show on sports radio 1000 wmbp and we started doing that together and ended up as the midday show after steve Dahl sans gary meyer right yeah in the actual moments of the spiraling vortex that was steve's bottom and we were there at that time when he left there he stopped drinking okay crazy time and yes. i'm just thinking wow this is that yeah, right was, after i the listened breakup. to them i listened to them and now i'm here for this and i'm uh, not i wouldn't say interacting with steve but you know He's he's hating me on the air. Yeah. So I've made it, right? <laughs> and then fast forward a year and a half later, and Shemp, who I met during those days, is producing Steve's show at CKG. And I get a call to do some sports, and I ended up being on Steve's show for four years. Yeah. As a sidekick. As a as whatever those people are who are on Steve's show, right? Mostly known temporary. as expendable, known as it's temporary. Like, <laughs> it's very much like being part of Trump's cabinet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're going to come in. You're going to be liked, revered, and eventually cast aside and blamed for everything. That's exactly right. So, to, then I get this job with the Loop. Well, after all of that, and I get a chance to talk to rick about hey please come come work for greg 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 saw said to 
to reach out to you and that Greg maybe, Salk was the program director. Of the maybe world. with a little a little arm bar, you could get Rick to come in. And Rick had no interest in it. He really didn't want to do it at all. He's like radio. Oh my God, no! I'm that's kryptonite <laughs> well, to me. Well, Rick, this was in, this was in your glorious unemployment years, right? Uh, yeah, this, this is was right when after you were... I got fired by uh, Land or the Landecker show ended, right. and I was living on the unemployment years, Dave, also the... known as 2004 to 2016. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, it was I was very happy uh, not working right. in radio at that point. And, and so, so, yeah, go ahead. We were a pretty dysfunctional team. Yeah. Max Doby and I, Max was a kind of a radio lifer, um, mostly small markets, but done his own thing. He knew how to, you know, run the board and he produced kind of like the, like that jack of all trades radio guy. Yeah. Then there's me and then there's Doby, who's just a, a cynical, pessimistic comedian. <laughs> um, he looks at, you know, if people remember Schlepp Rock from the old Flintstones, the the wowsy wowsy woe me yes. character. Right. Yes, yeah, yeah. very much so. That Schlepprock is Dale Carnegie in Dobie's world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we we just were having trouble finding our footing because our producer was um this guy, we'll just call him Jim. <laughs> and uh Jim wasn't extremely capable. And we were definitely more than he could deal with on a personality level and it was uh it was a combustible situation it was uh adobe had kind of a short temper max had a shorter temper and i just kind of made fun of it all and that didn't help <laughs> i i just and, remember the first day i was there <laughs> um so he so uh, so he, anyway they recruit me i come in i i agree to be produce this show wasn't, wasn't this the one day a week job uh, it became that. <laughs> it became that. But the, when I first started, uh, they told me, you know, Greg Salk, the program director, he's a whole new guy. The guy that you dealt with many years ago, the angry, screaming right. Greg, he doesn't exist anymore. First show I'm in there, he calls on the hotline screaming about some stupid little bit that was just no big uh, deal at all. And I went into Greg's office and I said, uh, if you do that again, I am out of here. First day, <laughs> out of here. I don't care. I don't need this job. Right. See you later. Yeah. And he never called again, did he? No, he really let you alone. And Max and Dobie gave in to you pretty quickly. They, I, I kept telling him, look, Rick's just let if what Rick says, let's you know, they would say something. Go ask Rick. Let's ask Rick. I kept trying to instill this. It's all Rick. It's all Rick, Rick, Rick. And they and they gave in to Rick. They liked him. They started to trust him. So we had six months of really turbulent hell. <laughs> and then things just really started to gel. And it was truly fun. And we get to November. Yeah. Or no, it was October. And we're at a remote in Las Vegas. And by the way, a morning show and uh, a morning show remote in Las Vegas is a really ugly thing. Yes, because you're going change. on the air at three a.m. Yeah, in Vegas. Yeah, yeah, and in, yeah, in Vegas, surrounded by well, you know, yeah. nothing but happy people at two fifty-five a.m. in Las Vegas. Yeah. So five minutes before we go on the air, Greg comes into our headphones from the studio back in Chicago. We're like, Greg, what are you doing in Chicago? We, 
We had dinner with you last night. Yeah, yeah, I had to come back. Uh, look, the station has been sold. Oh, boy. We've, it, we traded. Our station was traded for two AM stations in Phoenix. It was like a bad fantasy radio trade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the new company, Emmis, came in. And uh, they decided in December to get rid of us. Now, Greg hired us as the three guys, this morning show idea, because in 12 months from the day he hires, he goes, look, in 12 months, Howard Stern's off to Sirius. He's off the air. And I want to create a show that is going to be ready to capture those listeners. Uh, not a show for men, but just a you know male-dominated talk show that can appeal to the female listeners who listen to Howard and the guys, and that's the plan. Well, Marv Nyron comes in and says, we're going back to music, the roots of the loop, music. Yeah. And he let us go in December, and in January, the book came out, and we were number six. Yeah. yeah. Uh, from like, from 23 to 17 to six. And then he went right back down to 29 yeah. with music. And Dobie. Yeah, yeah, we have uh, Dobie. I'm sure he handled it very well. He goes, oh. you know, I understand this is a business and we wish you well, right? Isn't that what Dobie said? There were so many different ways that he burned and blew up the same bridge. It was like Hogan's Heroes. Right? It was no, like Bridge on, on the River Kwai. He built right. the bridge. He blew up his own bridge. Exactly. It's like, hey, we're blowing up the bridge. You know, like, well, the bridge is gone. Well, then I'm blowing up some more of the goddamn <laughs> yeah. bank. Yeah. It was, uh, he would have like anniversary rants. You know, yes. we wouldn't hear from Doby for a year. And then he would and then get the text like, year ago, remember? Those motherfuckers. <laughs> it was just one year ago today. Yeah. But the email that he sent to the bosses, it, oh. it said stuff like, you know, I hope your children <laughs> get get a disease Cancer. and die. And, you know, it was yeah. like, you know, when I think of vomit, I think of you. <laughs> I mean, right. It was like, right. it was, it was the most insane. I hope you suck on the toxic end of a nuclear radiation <laughs> missile. Because, I mean, Toby is a, he's a comedian. Right. He's gifted uh, when it comes and when he gets that bile yeah, going. Yeah, 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 yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> It's his energy. It's like, you know, Hulk just gets greener and bigger when he's angrier. Yeah. Doby just writes better insults. Well, let me let me ask you this, Spike. As a, as a man who was in radio for many years, you uh, gave us your uh, radio resume. You've seen it all in radio. Uh, do you have any, like, f like favorite brushes with the uh, greatness that uh, you encountered over the years? <sighs> wow. Brushes with greatness. Other than this um, podcast. Oh, yes. Other than, the, you know, the radio people. I'm talking about, like, you know, people that walked in off the street. You did sports for many years. You talked to, you Michael know, virtually Jordan, every probably. athlete out there. You did uh, Steve Dahl's show. You were uh, the sidekick. Here, here's a couple couple things that just stood out. as like the longer I get away from them, the more unusual I now realize they, they were. Um, so Harry and I were the afternoon show when ESPN Radio started in Chicago, ESPN Radio 1000. And we were the flagship for the White Sox at the time. So the White Sox games were on our air. And so we were um, 
in the in the locker room all the time, every day, hanging out. This was uh, 2000, the year that they went uh, to Jim the playoffs Bar- out of nowhere. Jim Parquet, right? Jim Parquet. Burley it, was it, uh, Burley was in the bullpen, wasn't he? They Burley came up that year. Mark Burley story coming up. Um, so this was the kids can play right, ad campaign, okay. but who knew they really could play? Right. And so we're in the in the dugout locker room hanging out and they actually let us do our show on game days from the dugout which wasn't usually allowed within an hour of the first pitch so we would we were sitting in the dugout on headset radios just looking out over the game people warming up getting together broadcasting one of my favorite broadcast memories, just a really simple thing, but just being that close to something that I'd always been, you know, so far away from as a small town kid and just revered so much professional baseball. Yeah, oh my God, right. it's the greatest. And the park. And so I love that. So those guys that we got close to that year, um, Paul Canerico, mm-hmm. Kelly Wunsch, Bobby Howry, Jim Parquet, Jose Valentin. So KJ Riddles, comedy club on the south side of Chicago. We go to the guys and say, look, we'd like to do a, a show, a comedy show. Have you guys out? And it's, uh, we'll call it, it Comic Relief Pictures. It was when Comic Relief was getting to be big. And we'll donate the money to charity and we'll have a show. And eight of them came out. Wow. wow. It was September. So it's an off day in September. In a playoff pennant push. race, yeah, yeah. pennant race, eight guys get in limos, come down to KJ Riddles, did like dumb game shows. I wrote stand up for Jose Valentin. We wrote song parodies for Kelly Wunsch. I mean, it was a ballistic night. Oh, and I have pictures good. there of like Generico with this stupid family feud game helmet on playing against Bobby Howery. And it, now I just look back at that and think, yeah. I don't know never when go. that would ever happen again, it even won't. in an off season. Yeah, yeah it won't. Right? Is that crazy? That's that's great. awesome. That's great. I just love the vision of you, you know, with your headset, sitting on the comfy dugout cushion, just looking out <laughs> on a beautiful summer afternoon, you know? Right. That's a hell of a job. That is great. That that was, that was I love that. And that night with the White Sox players down there, and those people that showed up that night, I mean, it was it was packed, of course, because the word gets out on the south side, anything White Sox, right. you know? Sure. It's not hard to fill up 250 seats in a heartbeat. It was crazy. Just, just a stupid ballistic night that will never ever be replicated. I still don't know how it came to be. Well, okay, we've got one final question, and this is something. So Mark that... Burley. So oh, Mark... oh wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh Burley. Yeah, that's the I year that he was comes your Burley up. Story. No, Burley comes up. So he wasn't even part of the the gang of eight that came down and all that. He was just the the young punk who came up at the end of the season. But we we loved interviewing the the, the fresh call ups. It was kind of fun, and so we're talking to. Mark Burley and you know I'm not I'm not a, an old man yet by any stretch but I'm in my 30s but suddenly a 30 year old can feel really old mm-hmm. when you ask a professional baseball player say so what kind what TV shows you watch your favorite show what was call up Mark Burley's answer Favorite yeah. T-shirt. Uh, so this is nineteen. What year? Ninety-nine, two thousand. Beverly Hills, nine hundred two. Saved by the Bell or something. <laughs> I don't know what. Uh, 
Dawson's Creek. Oh, oh yuck. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that is so sad. I used to really like Mark Burley. And I, it was just like, I just felt like grandpa. I'm grandpa 35-year-old in a heartbeat. I'm like, look, here, like, I, I don't even know when that show's on. I don't know anything about yeah, it. Yeah, I couldn't name you any of the people yeah, on it. It's the guy with the, <laughs> yeah. the hair, you know. All right, so here's the final question, Spike. Have you told your kids that you moved to North Carolina yet, or will they find out in a few weeks when they come home for Christmas break? When they leave Iowa to come home, and no one's no one's home anymore. So, so here's my here's one of my great regrets with this move is that I told anyone. <laughs> yeah, you well, you, told, well, you, you told, told us because you wanted a big yeah, mistake. Yeah, you told us because you wanted the sandwich from Kaufman's. We were going to take. Because, we took, <laughs> that's right. We oh, took, in fact. I, I have a sandwich with you, and that's how a couple people found out. You posted something or said something. I could call like you're moving, but I wished it. I wish I had not told anyone, just to see how long it would, would be before right. each person runs into the reality <laughs> that I'm no longer in Evanston. Yeah, right. Exactly. Hey, because I because Tammy's like, well, I'm going to miss everyone. I'm like, you don't see anyone. Yeah. What do you mean you're going to miss somebody? You know, you talk to whoever you want to talk to every day, and. That's all. It's like, what's it matter? I don't, you know, my friends, I still talk to them. I don't feel like I miss them. Yeah, right. When I lived in Evanston, I never wanted to drive to Aurora to see Hutch. Yeah. So it's no different than not wanting to drive to Aurora from Hendersonville. Same thing. You're exactly right. And And I should have learned because when I was, I was an intern at IBM in Cleveland when I was uh, between my sophomore and junior years. And I was there two weeks where it was a three day a week internship. And the other two days, I got a job with this advertising agency that I just found really fun. I thought, this is fun. After two weeks, I just said, this IBM thing sucks. I'm done. I'm, I, and I quit and just did the advertising thing full time. I regretted instantly that I told them I quit. Oh, IBM. Because I always wondered if they would how notice. long it would have been before anyone knew that I quit. <laughs> That's hilarious. Would paychecks have kept coming? Oh. Would anybody have known? Would anybody have called and said, hey, you know, you do work here. We haven't seen you in three weeks. Or, yeah. I, oh, and oh. I didn't. I blew such a great opportunity for a great story. It's well, like the and opposite of Costanza. Right. Uh, yes. Well, I suspect you and your wife are going to have some horrible argument soon so you'll be leaving another job probably soon so you could do something like that for this dave one. i'm here to guarantee that this one bedroom apartment we're in right now and we're in it because our house is up for sale so we're just waiting for the house to sell before we do anything down here but i will be in this one bedroom apartment in six months and probably in a year I just don't know if Tammy's going to be with me. <laughs> well, you're doubling your square footage then. But I'm comfortable. But I'm comfortable and I'm digging in. Yeah. Well, th- thanks for being on with us, Spike. We uh, we appreciate it. And, and you know, we miss you. Yeah, we it's really just do. not the same here without you. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. It was fun. And uh, I'm glad we got around the rigid structure of the show and managed to have <laughs> yeah. a free-flowing right. conversation. Actually, Greg Salk is, it, it just rang the doorbell and went out. <laughs> pissed about something right now Uh, all right talk to you later spike take care buddy later bye-bye what a swell dude you know the thing that was great about that's great about spike if i'm having ever having a bad day yeah you know uh and doby's not available (laughs) i call spike you know and his day is always worse Yeah. yeah yeah that's true he can find the dark cloud it's it's there 
Uh, special thanks to executive producer Tony Lozano with opishows.com. Opie is hippo backwards, opishows.com. Uh, we're distributed by Ed Silla from the Radio Misfits. Great talk radio isn't dead. It's just moved to a better place, radiomisfits.com. And we'll be back again next week with our spectacular episode of Minutia Men. The proceeding was a presentation of Opie Productions. Find our other shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? If you missed Los Anno or Los Los Anno and friends, here's what you missed. Edzilla, the president, is here. The guy that's in charge of the whole network. So we have to be good, right? Yes. Yeah. So far. So what's going on with the network? Anything exciting? We have a, a thousand shows. I mean, there's a lot of them. We have a lot of shows. Yeah. Name the worst show on the network. Go ahead. <laughs> say it to his face. Just say it. Say it to his face. Yeah. yeah. No, no I, 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 would, I dare anyone to find a bad show. There, all... there is not a show on this network that yeah. I'm not proud of. Exactly. Exactly. Aww. Yeah. Uh, Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It's just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. Radio Misfits. Get more. Lozano and Friends. Lozano. Now on Lozano.com. Good luck trying to spell Lozano or whatever it's called. Direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Stay tuned. Rock on TV. Now at the Museum of Broadcast Communications. From Bandstand to Gaga, let's rock on TV. For info and tickets, visit museum.tv. Hey, hey, Free Kicks is in a very special place. We are in London. So pumped up. Stamford Bridge, back at the old stomping grounds, looking forward to a, a great match against West Ham. Chelsea is uh, Adam's favorite team. We're going to get to see them live. You'll hear all about our adventures, exclusive interviews, and we're going to call this episode Free Kicks Across the Pond. Fantastic. Pip, pip, governor. (laughs) (laughs) He ain't that when I say that. Don't even do that. (laughs) Next time on Free Kicks Across the Pond. I'm Steve Baskerville from Back to You. Join me on the Island of Radio Misfits Holiday Special. Coming this holiday season to opishows.com.